Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree. Let me go back to the book. Let's start over. A tree is known by its fruit. Will we will say we will be known by our fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its, its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his what? brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his what brings forth what for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth Woo! you may be seated today you may be seated today in reading this scripture it's pretty self-explanatory He's saying a tree will be known by its fruit and it's impossible for a good tree to produce bad fruit and it's impossible for a bad tree to produce good fruit for one does not go gather figs from thorns nor do they gather grapes from the bramble bush. It's a, a bramble bush is what like rose thorns and you know every rose has one right? We love that every rose has its thorn. Many of us have been pricked by those very same things. And so he's saying they're not going to go to those places to find fruit. Uh, uh, however, whatever is in your heart, say, Lord, check my heart, will manifest itself outwardly. Uh, a be known recap on the 17th, we preached out of Jeremiah and 1.5 when the Lord said, I knew you before I what? Oh, and then we went on into Romans 12 too. Be not ooh, to what this world, but be ye say, I, I got to have a change by what? Oh, thank you, Lord. They're listening. Last week, the question was asked, how will we be known in the last days? We learned about the spirit of Antichrist that is even now at work in the earth. And we see that it first comes uh, in lawlessness and causes a great falling away among the people. And this Antichrist spirit is attempting to make you, people of God, to be self-efficient in the way of God, self-efficient in your own resources, the ability to make waves in a kingdom that you ain't a part of. We can see that this spirit of deception started all the way back in Genesis. We see that God planted a garden, say it's always been a garden, it always will be a garden, and God's restoring a garden. 
In the beginning in Genesis, we see that God had a garden and he told man and woman that he created for his fellowship and his pleasure to be fruitful and multiply. And we know that there was one tree that was forbidden. Ain't, ain't it just like us to listen to a deceptive voice to go after the one thing we know we can't have? <laughs> Listen, it's been since the beginning. That's why at the end of the book, the same thing is being preached. Do not be deceived. In Genesis 3, it says that the serpent was wiser than all the other creatures in that garden. And he came in the spirit of deception to show himself to Eve. And he began quoting things back to Eve. Did God really say that you couldn't eat of that tree? You know what he was trying to do from the very beginning, create a life without God. Because that tree was the tree of all knowledge, right? It's the tree of good and evil. And she, as being a woman, yes, did not understand as listening to this spirit of deception, why God would want me to have good things and yet keep me from something. Why don't, don't you hate feeling like you've been left out? Just let's not lie. Everybody has that, you know, fear of missing out. It's called something on socials. FOMO. I'm not cool enough to know it for sure or hashtag it, but there you go. Fear of missing out. F-O-M-O. Hashtag. <laughs> Would anybody say sometimes that's me? Sometimes I have a fear of missing out. Look, all, all elders, you probably don't care, do you? You're like, leave me out. Just leave me out of this. Sometimes we all do as humans and as people, the enemy will get us entrapped because he, he wants you to believe that something good is going on without you in it. Something good is being released. And that's the prayer of this house and this kingdom that something good, I just feel like something good is about to happen. And look, let them have a spirit of FOMO come on them and let them come in under the glory of God and be changed the same way that we've been changed, right? But the enemy uses it in contrary to the word of God. So right at the beginning, this spirit of deception was coming to a woman in a garden making her think that God was going to leave her out of something good. Did God really say that spirit of deception and she didn't have the full knowledge of understanding what she was about to partake in? That in its end would bring death and destruction when God Almighty created a garden for their pleasure in life. The spirit of this deceptive antichrist spirit, I know and I said it, we're all looking for a man in a suit with ten horns. And one day, according to scripture, that man will make his appearance. But that spirit that has been unleashed on the earth is just grooming the whosoever will to come into alignment with this spirit so when the man appears he ain't got to convince you of nothing you just fall suit that's the word however there is a holy ghost of god that is preparing a people for the return of a bridegroom and when we know the truth the truth shall what 
has anybody been free in this house? Come on, when you understand the Holy Ghost will lead and guide me to what? All truth. And when I know the truth, I will not fall prey to a deceptive lie. Because the truth of God is not just something that I run parallel with, but is on the inside of me. It's not a Ten Commandments that I read on a wall. It is something that on Acts chapter 2, it has been written in the hearts of man. That was Pentecost, by the way. Moses went up to the mountain and wrote a law, and that was Pentecost. 120 gathered and waited, and then in that day, the Holy Ghost was poured in, and that was Pentecost. It's not written on a wall, and we get so mad about what's been taken off the wall that we fail to protect what's in our hearts. Well, you know what? I'm not bound by the law anymore. Which one are you trying to to cheat out? Which law are you reading and deciding, well, I can can commit this one and not get, you know, hellfire and brimstoned out. I can do this because the truth of the matter is Jesus and Pastor Aaron said this on Wednesday, did not come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. He came to bring it up to balance because you and I are not good enough outside of God to be able to uphold the laws of God without the help of the good old Holy Ghost of God. It's impossible for you to live good enough. It's impossible for you to do enough. It's impossible for you to believe enough outside of him. Pastor Aaron preached on Wednesday night that blessed is the man or wall man (laughs) who trusts in the Lord. They shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water and they will bring forth fruit in due season and we can read the scripture on over on that passage that be not deceived God is not mocked that whatever we sow this ain't even in my notes let me get back here the Lord planted a garden and that spirit of deception has been from the beginning of that garden Us being the temple of God and the Holy Ghost, the Antichrist spirit is longing to exalt himself in the temple of God. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, is the spirit of the Lord raising a standard against him or are we cursing? Can I be honest? I've cussed before a lot, actually. (laughs) We've all done it. But I know when I'm living the sanctified life because the first thing that comes out of my mouth is Jesus. But if I've even taken one dabble over here, listen, you are, there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. Can we take off our self-righteous hat? Had it not been for the grace and the mercy of Jesus, so is I. I would be bound for a hell with no hope of a future. I'm telling you that outside of his grace and his mercy, you and I have no right to this kingdom. Now we strive to live righteous and to live holy. 
You might slip and fall, but do you stay down or do you get back up? Because the word of God tells me that the righteous fall seven times. The what? The sinner falls seven? No, the righteous falls seven times. But what makes him righteous? He gets back up again. You see, we have shut people out and shut people down that when they fall, they feel like they are damned for hell. But woe is I that I don't preach the whole gospel message. Where were you last week when you slipped and nobody saw it but you and God? Where was I when I fell into the trap of hell? Woe is I. That when a sinner falls... Nope. When the righteous falls, (laughs) he gets back up again. Look, look at your neighbor and say, there's still hope for me. Don't count me out yet. Don't start the countdown yet. I'm about to get up. Come on. Somebody needs to look at your neighbor and say, I know it might look bad right now. It might look hopeless. You see that referee has already started that countdown, (laughs) but somebody's about to get up in this place because you've been called the righteousness of God. And when the righteous people of God begin to cheer somebody on, you can get up from this mess. We watch an army rise that had no hope before today. One thing we established last week in this house. We will not be a people who falls away. We might slip. And we might fall. But we ain't falling away. See, there's a difference. You might slip tomorrow and you might fall. But I'm telling you, if you ever think that you are fearful to come and talk to your pastor and I, if you ever think that you can't go to one of the elders because they're going to kick you out of the church, you have sadly mistaken the kingdom message of God. It is not so we can bury you in your sin, but so the resurrection of Christ would speak through a people to lift you up out of the sinful pit that you're in we might fall down so he needs to go ahead and say it I might fall down but I ain't falling away (laughs) see you need to get that determination in you there's a difference I might slip and fall but I ain't tripping up out of here we will not fall away in this house Uh, If I got to drive the sword in the ground and tie off to it, I am not slipping away to my own demise. We will not be a form of godliness and deny the power of God. Why? Because to deny the power is to deny that his gospel message produces change on the inside of me. I will not deny the power. Because I've been changed. I only cussed about once a year. And let me just tell you, if you ever hear a cuss word come out of my mouth now, you better run. That's the truth. My husband knows it. Crystal knows it. It's about it. Things are about to start flying if you ever hear me cuss in this day. See, y'all don't know who I am. You think I'm cute because I'm married to the crap family. He's been saved his whole life. He's been saved since birth. Not me. (laughs) I am proof that a bad tree can become good. Hey. 
somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to say, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Somebody's got to be proof that there's change in this thing called the power of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I didn't come from a bloodline of preachers. I came from a bloodline of hellions. Spent more time in jail than they did church, I promise you. Well, how blessed. My mom is here. She's somewhere. She'll tell you I'm, I'm preaching truth. I'm not a four generation. I'm not a ten generation. I'm a first generation preacher. First generation preacher. All glory to God. Some of you would say there's no hope for me. Yeah, that's what the devil wants you to believe. The devil wants you to believe that you will never rise above the stank and the thoughts and, the, and this carnality of flesh. He wants you to believe that that sin yesterday has forever entangled you and entrapped you. But I'm telling you, your fruit is about to shift. Why? Because the soil, uh, something just shifted in this house. I've been transplanted up out of one state, planted in another, and I'm about to produce kingdom fruit that only God can get the glory for. First generation preacher, but at this, as long as there's breath in my body, I will not be the last. Somebody needs to go ahead and say the curse ended with me, but the residual blessing of heaven, it flows through my veins. It'll go from my children to their children, to their children, to their children. Somebody needs to cancel the culture of cursing and receive the blessings of life in this place. Come on, the curse ended here. The blessing resides. Hallelujah. I will not deny the power, but I will deny myself. And I will pick up my cross and I will follow him. Ooh, is everybody all right? I'm just trying to help somebody today. You get over yourself. You need to get under the blood. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get over yourself and get under the blood. Come on, is it enough to save you? Is it enough to heal you? Is it enough to deliver you? Come on, it's enough to keep you all the days of your life. It is enough, the blood of Jesus. Oh, how precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. There is no other fount that I know. There is nothing but the blood of Jesus. We have declared that there will be a remnant revival released through the whosoever will people. That remnant, the pieces that have been left over. And listen, you might feel like there's not much to you and you just need to go ahead and tell the devil, I'm all right with that because yes, you might have taken 90% of me to hell, but this 10% that I'm giving to God, he'll start something new on the inside of me. He'll take a tree. He will birth a new wellspring of life on the inside of me and God will do more with 10 than he would 90. Some of you need to get bold and tell the devil, 
Get up out of my face and get under my feet. I love it when I hear God-fearing people say, well, I had a long talk with the devil. Well, that's your problem. I ain't in negotiations with him. The negotiation has already been settled. Over 2,000 years ago, what started and deceptive at a tree ended and broke the curse on a tree. And if we as a people of God would just come under that authority, no devil would be able to trip you again and take you to the pits. My God. A revival. There has been a strengthening, a conditioning, a, a teaching. When pastor says, we're going somewhere, it's what he kept telling me, Amanda, you have to preach because you're taking us somewhere. We're going somewhere. I said, where are we going? <laughs> I mean, if you got a revelation of this, you need to preach it because I don't even know where we're going. <laughs> That's right where God wants you. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how to get there, but I'm going to follow you. And where you lead me, I will follow. Somebody just needs to lift up your hands right now. Say, where you lead me, still I will follow. Come on. Where you lead me, Lord, still I will follow. I know it says if no none go with me still I will follow but you need to say if you will lead me I will follow Jesus I've done past the point of worrying who's going with me I just want to know where you're going Lord you ain't got to tell me all the mapped out steps but I'll go where you lead me still I will follow why Because there's no turning back. See, when you've understood the redemptive works of the cross of Calvary, you don't want to be like a dog going back to your vomit. That grosses me out. I got a dog now. And when he pukes, he goes back to eat that mess. I mean, I will kick him across the room. Now, somebody's going to turn me into PETA right now for that. Send your letters. Send your letters to Elder Sellers, <laughs> Elder Lawing, and Elder Jim, and you tell them your problem with me, and we'll be cool, okay? You tell them your problem with me. They'll deal with me according to your accusation. I don't kick him hard. He's my best friend. He loves me. But I'll move him away from that. That's, you know, sometimes you're like, man, she is so harsh. She is so fierce. I just can't even. No, I'm trying to kick you away from your vomit. See, you can't see the nastiness of your own demise. I'm just trying to help you. Once you've set your eyes upon the mission of the gospel and the cross of Calvary, you refuse to bow to every whispering false spirit. You refuse to. You stop caring what the deceptive words of man say about you. 
But I'm looking for a people who will not only have favor with God, but will have favor with people. Because on this earth, the, the plan of Christ is a connector plan. It's a restoring gospel. It is, let's connect the dots and let's move together in this kingdom principle. That's the message of the gospel. Come on, let's connect our nets and let's catch all these big fish. That's, that's the plan of the gospel. Well, I just want to do it by myself. And you're under the lineage of a rogue prophet. You under the, the priesthood of the sons of Sceva. You about to get your tail handed to you. Because they wouldn't come under the right authority. See, they saw a fruit of a power and decided to mimic it. Now, here's what's interesting. Paul also is the same man in the New Testament who said, imitate me as I imitate him. Come on, follow me. So here's the difference. Those people didn't follow him. They just wanted to imitate him. You can't just imitate a gospel that you know nothing of. But there's kingdom fruit coming. There's kingdom fruit coming. How, how does this seed produce fruit in the kingdom? Now, this is strange, but this is where the Holy Ghost took me today. Let's turn over to Isaiah 37. I, I want to share this story. For some reason, I don't want to. The Holy Ghost does. I, didn't under, I still don't understand it, but it's for somebody today. You see, your prayer has the power to produce seed. Your prayer has the power to produce change. Your prayer, say my prayer, has the power to save a city. My prayer has the power to produce seed. My prayer has the power to bring change. My prayer can change a city. There is a story in this book of 37 in Isaiah. And uh, Sennacherib was the king of Assyria. And he was a bad dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no good fruit that came from this guy. Like, he was evil. He would go in a place. He would tear it down. He would destroy it. He would kill the inhabitants of it. And he would own it. Do you hear me? So all of a sudden, he starts sending these threats to Hezekiah. And not only was was he threatening this territory of Judah, which is your praise, by the way. You see, the enemy, he's always after your praise. If he can take your praise, he can take a form of your power. You got to hear me. If you can't praise him in the wilderness, if you can't praise him in the hard days, if you can't praise him in persecution, he knows that you will never praise him when it's good. Oh, Jesus. Sennacherib was evil, but then he went on and he began throwing and hurling, taunting accusations against God. Now this ticked Hezekiah off. He's like, get the prophet, get the prophet. Let the prophet know what this man is saying. And we can read the scripture and I encourage you to do so. And he said, do not trust the deceiving words of your God. Isn't that just like the deceiver to tell you that the Lord, that God's words are deceiving you? He said, don't trust the deceptive words saying that Jerusalem shall not be given over to the king of Assyria. Don't believe that. That's a false prophet. 
Hezekiah went to uh, the prophet and prophet Isaiah said, do not even listen to him. You don't worry about him. God's going to handle him and his men. But what Hezekiah did is he went up to the house of the Lord. Say, I got to get to the house of God. I know that God's house is your house, but something happens when I call on the name of the Lord from the place which he has chosen, from the place which he has marked for the gospel to be preached to all nations and all people. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and he laid those threatening threats that Sennacherib had brought against the kingdom of Israel and Judah and he laid them on the altar before the Lord. When's the last time you laid your petitions out before God? Oh, I know we love to say it and what comes out of your mouth matters. But when is the last time that it was written down and laid on the altar of the Lord? It says Hezekiah went up, say, I got to go up. The house of the Lord is always up and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you made heaven and earth. Sounds like what we were saying earlier. On earth as it is. He said, incline your ear, O Lord, to hear and open your eyes, O Lord, to see the words of Sennacherib. He is evil which he has sent a reproach on the living God. Now, the prophet responds in the next uh, page over in my Bible, but let's read um, in 30, and I believe they have a scripture verse that they're going to put up, uh, 37 and 31. But he says, this shall, in verse 30, let's just start here, and then they'll put up 31. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year. Say, this year I'm going to eat. Such as grows itself, which means I'm getting to give you vineyards that you didn't plant. You about to eat of the fruit of the land that came up all by itself. Ooh, yes, Lord. And the second year, say next year, what springs from the same. Which means I'm, I'm get, the Lord has given me a season of rest. You know what he's saying? You need to quit worrying about the things that don't matter. Put your focus upon me. I will cause rivers in desert places. I will cause things to spring up where there has been nothing. Watch and see if I will not provide food for you out of nothing. Oh, Also in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. Now here we go. Read verse 31. And the remnant who have escaped the house of Judah shall again take root downward. Say, I'm about to go down, down, down. Say, I'm about to take root downward in a thing. You see, because you trying to go up, uh, the only place he's called you up to is his house and his presence. But he's saying, when you go low, I'm seated high and I'm looking down. And it's important in a season for your roots to bear again. Say, I'm about to grow some roots. I'm about to take root in this gospel. I might have been plucked up for a minute, but I'm about to grow down. I know we all want to grow up. Some of us have grown up so much, we forgot what it was like to be childlike in his presence. He's saying it's time for you to grow down for a minute. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due season I might lift you up. 
So who is he talking to here? A remnant of people who have escaped the house shall again take root downward and bear fruit. What? Woo. So if I want upward fruit, I got to do what? Ooh. If I want fruit on the surface, I got to do some things in the secret. Hey. Sounds like Matthew 6, 6. Enter into a secret place and what you do in secret eventually will be seen and heard from an almighty God. The father who hears you and sees you will bring forth your fruit openly. We want all outward fruit with no behind the scene digging. Not now, not in this season. Ooh, he's just saying to him, work for what you don't even know matters in this season. We got we to gotta dig downward to produce an upward fruit. And we see the scripture that the Lord, uh, through the prophet, begins to prophesy. And he's talking about Sennacherib. He says, he shall not come into this city. Some of you need to lay petitions on the altar for your loved ones, for your family, for your city, and wait on the voice of a prophet to come and prophesy and say, this enemy will not cross this bloodline. He will not even be able to come in. He will not even shoot an arrow towards you. Yes, Lord. Nor build siege mound against this city. By the way he came shall be the way he returns. Woo! Devil, you better back up off. See, if we would come and lay our petitions and our prayers upon the altar of the Lord instead of carrying the burdens with us thinking we're going to make a difference. And you see, Hezekiah knew this battle was too great for me to send out my army and fight. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. While they slept. Woo! See, we always waiting on the enemy to come creeping in and taking everything from us. You see, but the, the enemy's about to get the script flipped. You better hear me today. What he came and sowed in the night season, God says, I'm about to take you out. And we can see in this scripture that while they slept, the angel of the Lord, thy God, the army of the living God rose up and killed one thousand. Let me, let me, wait a minute, let me, wait a minute, let me get it right. Ooh, where's it at? Thank you. 185,000 men killed overnight. Oh, well, God can't do it. He just can't. This is too big for God. 100. You can't believe God for $100. What if your enemies were 185,000 ready to siege your city? What if a nation's government is just sitting and waiting to take everything? When's the last time you laid petitions on the altar of the living God? He said, I'm the Lord thy God, and I what? Change not. This, this is how I fight my battles. While I'm resting, whoo, the angel has done withdrew his sword and he is coming and settling every account. When Sennacherib woke up the next morning, he looked and there were dead bodies of his own army all over the place. You know what he did? He tucked it and he went back from the way he came. Woo! Your prayer has power in him. He knew he had come 
to the end of himself. And it was going to take an almighty God to come and settle this account. But we allow the threat and the fear of an enemy to come and just weigh us down and take us out. How were they even sleeping at night? Because I trust in him. When I lay my head down to rest, I know he's fighting on my behalf. I know he's already worked it out. Then we see that Hezekiah again was in trouble and he became very sick. And let's just took, this is where y'all get mad at the prophet. You're going to die. Thus saith the Lord. Here's the beautiful thing about it. I imagine that Hezekiah went, I laid my petitions on the altar once. You can't possibly be done with me yet. I have not seen X, Y, and Z that you have said would come to pass. God, you cannot be done with me. And Hezekiah went and he turned his face to the wall. Sometimes those letters are not on paper. Sometimes it's right here. And Hezekiah had to go, and he had to go get alone with an almighty God. All right, now, you answered me once, Lord. I saw you take care of the threat of Assyria. I know that this disease that is set up in my body is not greater than the name Yahweh. It cannot be the end. It cannot be the end. But I'll settle every account with you, God. And as long as there's breath in my body, I'll glorify your name. Prophet came back. You get 15 more years. Thus saith the Lord. They didn't submit a thing on Facebook. No, he was a false prophet because what he said, no, it did. You just had to humble yourself. You had to deal with you because you got prideful, Hezekiah. Say, but when I pray, mountains move. When I pray, sickness has to flee. When I pray, he'll prepare a table for me in the presence of an enemy. When I pray, I have the ability to see the kingdom on earth that is already established in heaven. He went as far to say, all right, let this be a sign. I'm going to go move this sun back for you, Hezekiah. My God. Our God holds all power and all authority in his hand. Your prayer can be a fruitful thing in your life. There's a remnant who have escaped. The fruit of prayer was that the angel came into the camp. He killed the Assyrians. The Lord defended the city. Sennacherib went back and left Hezekiah alone. And listen, I'm telling you, some of you have been listening to the taunting threats of an enemy telling you that they're coming to take everything. They're coming to seize your family. They're coming to take your finances. But somebody in this place is going to lay it on the altar of the Lord. 
You see, fruit is often mentioned in Scripture based on position and posture. It can mean different things. Say, my fruit can mean different things. It is a result of an outcome of something. Psalms 125.2 says, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Whose hands? Yours, mine. You see, in Isaiah 37, one person's fruit was death. And another's was life. What is the positioning of the fruit that will manifest in your life? You see, your fruit will also do a thing. It will expose the root system of your life. You see, uh, I have a friend who is a Christian psychologist, and we need to bring him in this spring, Dominic Herbst. And he, he talks about in order to change the fruit, I got to deal with this root. And he says that our most impressionable years are zero to 18. I love it. And Eva and I have conversations about uh, her friend group in the youth. And, and she says, she was talking to me about how some, listen to me, I want you to hear me. Some of you won't come to church by yourself because you ain't got nobody to come with you. I ain't going to church. There's nobody I know there. Nobody's with me. Do you know that some of these young people come without their parents attending this church? Not because of their friend group but because they had an experience. They had an encounter that has produced and manifested a fruit on the inside of them that they want to keep nourished and stirred. My God. Childlike faith will bring you into a kingdom position. Our fruit will expose our roots. The Lord needs to show us what is beneath the surface, surface, what lies beneath. So in those impressionable years of zero to 18, my impressionable years produced a nasty fruit. So that's, here's the deal. Not all Bad fruit is a bad tree. There's hope. Edie said hallelujah. There's hope. If there has been a manifestation of wrong fruit in your life, all you got to do is say, all right, Lord, deal with this root system. And like Jeremiah's first prophecy, listen, he was prophesied as a prophet to the nations. You know what the first prophecy was to Jeremiah? I'm giving you authority to pluck up. I'm giving you an authority to root out. I'm giving you an authority to plant. And I hear the Lord say that. You see, some of you are waiting on your neighbor's tree to be cut down when the Lord said, I'm just asking you to go and offer a deliverance system to the root. You see, so, so many people would say, well, Amanda, Amanda has a healing ministry. No, I don't. I just got seeds because I've received healing. I just got some fruit because my roots are grounded in the healer. <laughs> Oh, man, it's got a deliverance ministry. Yeah, I've had some devils manifest and they've been cast out. Praise God. All glory to God. It ain't fun. I'll wrestle with them if I have to. But I don't have a deliverance ministry. It's only that my fruit is attached to my root system in the kingdom of God. Why can I preach these things? Because I've been healed. Why can I preach these things? Because I've had a deliverance. 
You see, I stopped cherry picking. Oh, I'm in this class of ministry and that class of ministry. If I want to walk in the ministry of Jesus and I'm in him and he's in me, then, I, then we have the ability to do whatever he said we could do. Well, my gifting is, your gifting is nothing. The enemy's got you focused on a singular possession of the gospel and not a whole picture of this manifestation. God has designed you to go and infiltrate the kingdom message of heaven on earth. It's already been established. He's saying, where are my prophets that are called to the nations to root up? Where are my prophets who are called to tear down? Where are my prophets who got axes in their hands ready to take out? the enemy's territory out of a tree not cutting down the whole tree my God the smallest seeds when grown can produce the greatest harvest Matthew 13 31 if you'll look at it with me say amen Jesus here told a, another parable to them the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now we know that this seed is the same seed that all we have to have is that to speak to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. This is the smallest seed available. So I want you to picture what Jesus is getting ready to tell them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Say, I got to plant it. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. The smallest seed mentioned has the ability. You see, go ahead and just say, thank you, Jesus. It don't take much. It doesn't take much. Little is much when who's in it? Oh, when I surrender it all, he will take the smallest of seeds and plant it. And yet it has the ability to produce the greatest tree in the garden that forms branches so that the fowls of the air, I don't want no birds sitting on me. Pastor Aaron said this Sunday, Wednesday night, birds do things. They drop in some stuff that ain't nothing to do with the glory. You know what I'm saying? They come and perching on you. Now, see, I know we kingdom people, we don't want no birds on us. We too staunchy and religious for that mess. Uh-huh. I perceive you are religious. I see you. I perceive you're religious. I can't have no stains from birds on me. Then you go ahead and you plant your tree and we'll plant ours. Because of this kingdom, there's a promise of a hope and of a future. We can read in the parable of the seed and the sower how the man cast out seeds and some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and plucked it up. Why? Because there ain't been no tree for them to come and rest on. They starving. 
So they come and pluck it up quickly before it has the opportunity to take root. Then another, maybe it it took root and it sprung up real quick. And we've all seen those Christians where they come in and they get saved and they grow. You know, they on the fast track growth in the in the church and they doing all these things. And before you know it, they the head of the prayer team and need deliverance. You know what I mean? They playing in the band on Sunday and out at the nightclub on Saturday. No, they've just grown so fast in the Lord. Mm -hmm. But allow one moment of persecution. Allow the sun to come up too hot on them. Allow the preacher say, all right, now let's deal with this sin problem in your life so we can take you to the fullness of God. And before you know it, because there is no root system and it's shallow, it dries up and withers away. Oh, I'm just going to keep digging this thing out. Well, you ain't going to grow a church like this. So be it. I'm not trying to grow a church. Trying to manifest a kingdom. We interested in growing a kingdom, not a church. See, that's where you've got us so sadly mistaken. Because this church one day could fade away. But the kingdom of God, there will be no end. Or then there is the third place that seed might be thrown out and scattered and it falls upon the thorny places and the rocks and it gets choked out before it has the ability to produce fruit. That's the believer who needs deliverance because out of your heart, it's too thorny and corrupt. Well, who are you talking to? I once was I. And the thorns around your heart will not allow the production of this kingdom to take root. And God's plans for you are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But we have to allow the Lord thy God to deal with those entrapment places in our hearts. Whatever is in you will come out of you. Somebody just needs to go to say, I'm growing somewhere. I'm growing somewhere. I will not, I will not stay stuck in this season. I will not allow the enemy to choke out the seed of the word what are these seeds it is the word that is being preached that's why you hear us say we throw in the seed out there and the holy ghost told me he said if you will just go cast the seed i'll send them if you'll feed them i'll send them if you'll feed them i'll send them you know why because one person it might fall on stony ground one person it might fall on shallow ground but there's somebody who says i've been digging i got some soil i've been laboring in a secret place of god and i'm taking this in rooted deep on the inside of me and i'm growing somewhere somewhere. we ain't going anywhere we growing somewhere just go ahead and tell your neighbor i'm growing somewhere you and i have seeds and without a seed fruit is impossible and without fruit there will be no seed to reproduce. You hear that? Say, it has to start with a seed. 
we got to take the seed in. And that seed produces fruit. Inside of that fruit has seed on the inside of it. Why? For us to eat it? No. Why? For us to throw it in the trash? That's what most of us do. No. To go and reproduce a harvest. But here's a problem. Where do you find fruit? In the produce section. I mean, can't we just come to church and search out the produce section and just buy the fruit that looks good? Can't I just buy the fruit? You see, that's what, that's Jesus throwing over the tables in the temple when he said, you have made this a den of thieves and this is a house of, this is intended. My father's house is a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves. Why? Because they were just shopping the produce. They weren't, look, they weren't taking a sacrifice from anything. They had grown themselves. Look, can, can I just, like the, like the, can I have your fruit? Listen, can I have your fruit? The fruit inspector showed up. Can I have some of your fruit? No. I can't give you what you're not willing to cultivate. We need to learn how to be farmers in this thing. We need to learn how to cultivate the ground of God and bring production in the kingdom of God instead of manufacturing. See, as we in the season of manufacture, I want to manufacture fruit. Nope, not me. Nope. Because if man can do it, then God ain't in it. I don't want no plastic fruit in this season that's been manufactured in a warehouse somewhere. Give me something that's got a seed on the inside of it that I can consume and eat it and be satisfied in Christ Jesus and then turn around and have seed to produce an orchard. I want to raise sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. The earth is groaning for what? The revealing of the sons of God. We have stopped reproducing in the kingdom. We have walked through the produce section smelling it. If it don't look good, that ain't for me. I'll take this. It's already been plucked off. That's fine. I'll make it work. But in the kingdom, the Lord says it is time for us to grow a harvest. Oh, without fruit, there is no seed to be reproduced because of the lack of, of fruit. We have fallen prey to manufacturing. The power of discipleship is not to have an empty gathering with coffee and donuts, but to reproduce the kingdom seed that brings forth kingdom fruit. Hear me. We got people who want to lead Bible studies who has no fruit. I, I want to go, what are you offering them? A social club, how to chop wood. What are you offering somebody that you're inviting them to your table with? Is God preparing a table through you? Listen to this. I promise you, we're growing somewhere, and it's, get, it's about to get good. There's about to be a release in this atmosphere. But I want to tell you that until you have partaken the seed 
of the kingdom, there is no spirit of intercession, number one. See, Hezekiah grabbed a hold of a seed and he interceded for his region and his nation. Can we get past ourselves in intercession for somebody else? Zach, if you'll come on, I'm about to make my way of closing this. What are we yielding to in this season? We must become concerned with the seeds that we are sowing and the seeds are we, re- we are receiving in this hour. What are we yielding to? Because in order to receive a seed, I got to open myself up. True? The ground has been opened for a seed to be implanted in a heart. May we know those seeds we sow, they will grow. And they will become something. (laughs) I'm growing somewhere. Somebody just say that. I'm growing somewhere. Now just look at your neighbor and say, my fruit will speak. I won't have to say a word. My fruit will speak. Somebody needs to declare this. Say in 2021, I'm about to spring forth and I'm about to push through. You see, I don't know what seeds have attempted to be sown, but I hear the spirit of the Lord saying they've opened their hearts and their minds to my kingdom. And there is about to be a springing forth and a pushing through in the kingdom. Others may think that you're just scattering seed, but I see a harvest. You hear me? I'm not carelessly out here just throwing a thing. I see a harvest field for the kingdom of God. You see a prophet, a preacher, a teacher, a kingdom-minded person. We don't see the seed. We see the harvest. I see the fruit. That's the only way we can preach the way passionately that we do. Oh, God's not hard of hearing. No, but you are. I'm kidding. I can't help it because the seed on the inside of me so radically changed me that the fruit speaks for itself. It pushes up out of me and I can't help but be passionate. See, I'm full of passion fruit for the glory. I can't help but preach his gospel with fear and trembling, with reverence and unction unto him. Some of you are about to spring forth fruit that you only dreamed of. The the kind of fruit that you stood and thought, man, if my tree looked like that, if only I could produce oranges like that, if only... My apples were that juicy and that full of joy. If only my fruit brought happiness and joy to them like their fruit does. Stop comparing your fruit and nurture your ground. You have been given the same recipe as they have. You have been given the same seed that they have. The enemy is is a spirit of comparison in the house of God. My giving will produce fruit, as Pastor said. 2 Corinthians 9 and 9 says, As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts. Say, I'm not scattering my seed. You think it's scattering. I'm planting. 
their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever verse 10 how he who supplies seed to now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed you don't have to go to Walmart to buy it you can't even put it in a container why because my giving produces more resources for me to give to the kingdom of God and the seed will enlarge the what it's not up there the harvest let me just tell you somebody just say my seed will enlarge my harvest and my righteousness Woo. come on say my seed will enlarge I, I hear the Lord saying I'm about to enlarge your territory come on some of you need to be stretched a little bit some of you need to be lengthened a little bit some of you need to be strengthened in this place he is about to enlarge your territory for what sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God you will be enriched. Say, I'm rich. Woo. In every way. This is verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 9. I'm about to be enriched in every way so that you can be generous, not just uh, during offering time, not just during offering. Rich in every way. So I can be generous always. Somebody say, all the time. For every occasion. That means when I see a need, I got seed. Ooh. I, I, when I see a need, I've already got seed for it. Somebody needs to say, yes, Lord. If you will trust me with just a little, I will help you, Father God, to do the kingdom work on earth as it's already been established in heaven. I will be enriched in such a way that I will be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. When I give thanks, I, not only do I supply the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions and thanks to God. Matthew 3.18 says, produce fruit. Say, I am the produce. See, some of you can't get this. Let, let's make it clear. In the beginning, there was a garden. Hear me. Genesis, there was a garden. After Jesus died on the cross, they buried him where? What was the first thing that he was recognized as? Started in a garden. The death of the second Adam you know what the scripture says that he he had to die this death that he might be the first fruits of many brethren and sisters so it was settled in a garden that seed was buried in a garden tomb place let me tell you something a seed must die before it is glorified but when he resurrected he was noticed as a gardener in this thing Ooh, somebody needs to catch that she thought he was the gardener so that second Adam hasn't quit tending a garden the Lord planted 
a garden. <sighs> Say, I'm just a seed that was brought to a tree <sighs> who has the ability to release seed to produce others. You see, Jesus said, this kingdom work doesn't end with me. I'm just the first fruit of many brethren. I'm just the seed that will bring forth many brothers and sisters in this thing. God's intention has always been seed, time, harvest. Always. John 15 says that you are a branch. He says, I am the vine, right? And if you remain in me and I in you. Now listen, here's, here's the tough part for us as believers. You can stand to your feet. Now catch this. Has anybody felt the pruning of the Lord? <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to ask that again. Has anybody felt the pruning of the Lord? You know what that's a sign of? You've been faithful. You know what that's a sign of? You've had fruit that has brought forth produce for His kingdom. His love for you is that you would not be so burdened down with fruit that you would stop producing for His kingdom work. He said, I love you so much. I'm about to trim this back. You're going to feel it, but it's my love for you. Woo. Don't curse the pruning. Just know that his intention is to in due season produce even a greater harvest through you. But here's the key. Can a branch produce fruit by itself? I got to be connected. I've been engrafted according to Romans 11. We have been engrafted in this thing by the grace and the mercy of a living God. We've been engrafted. The branch, it is not our duty to produce his fruit by ourselves. We try, we fail. What is the branch's job? To display the fruit of the kingdom. It's not your job to make something happen. Do you understand me? It's not your job to produce without any help. It is only your job to display the kingdom of God on earth as it's been established in heaven. Look, what is this? I'm a witness. This fruit is not of my own. I'm just a, a display shelf of his goodness and his righteousness, of his love, of his joy, of his patience, of his kindness, of his mercy, of his long suffering, of his self-control. I don't have the ability to fulfill any of these fruits in Galatians aside from him. But when I'm in him, I, I can't do this. But he allows fruit to grow here to be displayed. Just lift up your hands in this place. Come on, if you're willing to be a branch attached to a vine, to be a display case, to be a display for the plucking of fruit to be lifted off of you, to heal and to the, the sick, to bring nourishment to the fowls of the air, those who maybe didn't work for the fruit, but yet you got some nourishment on display of the kingdom. 
I want to talk to somebody this morning who may say, I don't have a root system. Maybe they're shallow. Maybe they're not strong. Maybe they're empty. Close your eyes and listen to me. And if you, if you have trouble listening and standing at the same time, then sit down. Years ago, when Eva was a very young little girl, she was probably two and a half, she wasn't quite three yet. We went to go visit my grandfather in Michigan. Aaron and Elijah couldn't go at this time, but I knew this would be the last time that I saw my grandfather face to face. So I soaked it in. And he wasn't a real religious man, but he went to church and he believed the Bible. He wasn't real preachy, but he was good and upstanding. He was a good tree who produced good fruit. And one evening I remember sitting in his backyard and my mom, it's her father, will, will attest to this. There were probably, I don't know, 30, 30 major pine trees like evergreens that lined his property. He, he, was a, he was a farmer. If he could have had his own land and farmed, he could have. He always had a garden. My grandfather always had a garden and I loved to eat the fruit of his garden. And one day we were setting out back and I was talking about the beauty of these trees that probably stood, I mean, towering, I don't know, uh, 30 to 40 feet high, maybe even taller. And I said, my goodness, Grandpa, they are so beautiful. And here's the thing about it. I'm enjoying a view that I didn't know the beginnings of. And my grandfather began to tell me story about each and every tree that was planted. Why? Because he was there. The fruit of his hands brought it forth in the earth. And he turned to the side of the house. He said, you see that tree? He said, come here. And he walked me over there. And he said, do you see this tree? And I said, yeah. He said, does it look any different than these other trees? I said, no, sir. He said, let me tell you a story about a tree. He said, this tree was attached to a dying tree. This tree was just a branch. This tree was just a branch that had life still in it, but yet the root system of an old tree had died. Somebody needs to hear this word today. He said it was attached and he said, I said, you have got to be kidding me. He said, no, I said, well, how did this went from that and form this? And I can't even tell the difference. He said, let me tell you, I cut it off. Does it sound like what the Lord has done to some of you? Some of you were a part of a dead root system that was hollow and dried up but the Lord in his grace and his mercy brought the severe sword of the Lord and he cuts you off say I'm just a branch I'm just a branch 
I said, okay. He said, I took that branch. Although it was weak, it didn't have a root system of its own. But I put it in a five-gallon bucket of water. Shut up, of course. He said, I allowed that branch to just sit there. He said, I would go check on it. I just let it soak in the water. Some of you today, you feel like you've been cut off. You've been pruned. But I'm asking the Lord for the scent of water in this place today. Because he said, I just let it soak in the water. He said, a few weeks pass by. And one day on my checking in of this branch, now listen, say, I'm just a branch. I can't do this on my own. But the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, being like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters, on the inside of you, a wellspring of a river shall flow mighty through you today if you would let it. He said, I noticed this branch that seemed to be weak and with no hope. (laughs) To my amazement, begin to form its own root system. In a five-gallon bucket of water. You know what? Five represents grace. Some of you need to soak in the Holy Ghost today. Some of you need to soak in the grace of God. Yes, you felt the cutting away. Yes, you feel like there's been no root for you. But God said, if you will allow my grace and the power of the Holy Ghost to just soak over you. Shada by your son I stood in my grandfather's backyard and I wept. Because had he not told me that story, I would have never known the history of that beautiful tree that was towering as beautiful as all the other trees that had been planted purposefully and originally. Somebody just needs to say, there's hope for a branch. There's hope for a branch. There's hope for a branch today. Job says it like this in verse 14. For there is hope for a tree. Say, there's hope for a tree today. That if it is cut down, it will sprout again. And that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth. Though its roots may grow old in the earth. And its stump may die in the ground. Yet, at what? at the scent of water it will bud it will bring forth branches like a plant now I need the intercessors to call forth the Holy Ghost of God call it forth in this atmosphere come on may the scent of water flourish the people today may the nourishment come forth Holy Ghost come on come on come on if you need to get to the water make your way to this altar today come on may the scent of water fill this atmosphere Come on, make your way, make your way. I need some roots. I need some strengthening. I need some fresh fruit. Somebody needs to just look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for a tree today.
We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.